my father asked me to tie a tie for him <clears throat> for work. Um, you know, he knocked on my door, staying at the house for a little bit, waiting for my fat corporate bonus so I can go on another one of my adventures. And uh, he's like, Val, you um, you tie this tie for me. Actually, I don't, even, I don't think I have a good impression of my father. Val. Val. Uh, just, it just sounds like me with a, with a little bit more twang. Anyway, uh, yeah, I tied the tie for him, and, you know, it's, you know, if some white woman was making a documentary about our life, you know, just like, the college-educated private school son tying the tie for his incarcerated father, you know, just, you know, there's all that, like, blech, all that gross shit that, like, you know, those of you that know me, I'd probably want to distance myself from because it's just too on the nose. Uh, but my point is that it, it felt nice, uh, which again, if you've listened to this podcast from the beginning, uh, that's a stark contrast to the fury and ire that I was filled with. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what exactly is like softened my approach to it. Uh, you know, my father and my mom being back together and, and living together. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, that fucking surgery in between the beginning of this podcast and where we are now was, was one thing for sure, you know, laying there in that hospital bed, being like, oh, this doesn't last forever. And I w I've always been well aware of that, aware of that, but when you feel it in your guts as they rip open your appendix, um, and in general, you know, yeah, empathy is something that I've just been more dialed into. Like, I just tear up at any, at everything. You know, I was watching Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. Uh, spoiler alert. And just seeing, like, these men trying to mentor each other in this, like, difficult world. You know, Tobey Maguire was, like, this elder brother. He was like, yeah, I went through some dark shit, man, but, like, you'd be alright. And then, you know, Andrew Garfield was, like, this middle brother who, like, a lot... There's all this... I don't know. Like, I, I think men are often scorned in our modern society... And we don't have a lot of outlets for our version of emotional trauma that, you know, we have to deal with and, and shoulder quietly. Um, you know, not that women don't have an immense world of hardships that they deal with, but I, I think the pendulum controlled by rich white women uh, 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 has made it so that the conversation must exclude men's anguish uh, in order to be valid, in order for the national cultural conversation to be valid. Uh Men must be men must behave and be quiet, or more more specifically, white white men must be quiet and blah. blah. Anyway, my point is is that I feel I feel for you, and I feel I guess I'm trying to do a little Elvis Presley. Oh, I feel for you, and maybe a little Roy Orbison. <clears throat> All right, I don't know. I don't know what that was, but it was something. Um, empathy, man to man empathy. Um, yeah, you know, I I guess I just look look at my father with more. Uh, you know, he's me. You know, these two people created me. Uh, I don't know what the hell's gotten into me. I don't know why I'm softening uh, all of a sudden. But you know, you just you just realize how. Uh, 
You know it is, and I've seen we, I've I've seen a lack of empathy in in my contemporary in certain contemporaries who are in positions of power. Um, you know, I have a friend that I grew up with who ostensibly his public persona is like you know very wildly, um, very generally, universally praised. You know, he he's he's afforded all this sort of love and admiration. Um, for what he does and a lot of it's well deserved i mean he's a very talented individual but in his personal life and this is kind of why we don't speak as much anymore he just disappoints me for what he could be um and as as we grow older it's like you really have to evaluate the company you keep and like what people stand for and he doesn't have a lot of empathy for people and that that always bothered me you know he would like shit on friends from high school who i'm like they're just doing their best man like you're, you have everything in the world. You have what many people will not have in their entire lifetime. And, you know, still you must put down others um, who have slighted you or did not, you know, universally celebrate you. So I think as I, as I grow older and I kind of become, attempt to become more the man that I want to be, when I see those who can't find empathy or share empathy with others, I get really uh, defensive. I want to protect them. And maybe that's what I feel towards my father. It's like learning more of the circumstances of him going to prison, uh, which I don't know if I'm going to elaborate on, but basically he he protected. He was a protector, and he paid the price for it. And uh, that doesn't absolve him of other stuff he was involved with or you know what he may or may not be involved with today, but... Uh, sacrifice is something that most people cannot do and have no understanding of. And in our society today, I, I just think it's a very valuable trait. So anywho, uh, what else is going on in my life? I don't know. I don't know. I guess, you know, I, I guess I want to try to like make this not just woe is me. Um, I, I certainly have started to feel a bit more empowerment and, uh, strength and just kind of making decisions and, uh, acting, you know, I was in LA and, uh, you know, there, there's a girl from college that, uh, not romantic, but close, we've you know, always been very emotionally close in some way or another. Um, and I went out there and I was like, kind of, I was very excited to see her and, uh, you know, we hung out once and then I was supposed to watch her dog for like four days while she, while she, while she went home to like do a memorial for her father, you know, who died a long time ago, not a long time, like eight months ago or something like that. But she wanted me to watch the dog while she was going to deal with that. But we didn't hang out the entire time that I was there and it made me feel like a chump a little bit. You know, she like blew me off twice. And again, this isn't anything romantic. I just like wanted to see my friend and then like, why am I telling you this? I don't know. I I, I bailed on her. I was like, I can't watch the damn dog. Or, or no, I asked. I'm like, could your other friend watch the dog? And she didn't answer that directly, which frustrated me more. And she hate when people do that. I'm like, hey, can Sarah watch the dog? She's just like, why can't you? I'm like, that is not, God damn it. That's not what I asked you. Um, So we're not speaking anymore. I don't know. This sucks getting old. I think that's the other part too. It's like. Everyone just gets so fucking rigid, you know, we're, we're, we're so, and I'm doing it, we all do it, but like we're so about protecting ourselves, or rather we conflate, uh, rather we conflate self-love and, you know, personal uh, growth with like being intolerant of anyone else's, anyone, of people falling short of these very rigid 
parameters we create for our, 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 our expectations of like what people should be. You know, and if someone fucks up once, it's like, ah, oh, I'm cutting them off. You know, and I think that's just that's what happens when we get, we get old. We just have less emotional elasticity to, to uh, account for other people's like mistakes, and it's a real shame because I see it all the time. Like people cut, people are so quick to cut each other off because we're just, and now more than ever, like we're just so threatened and under attack from everywhere all the time that like people are just like, oh wait, are you not gonna watch? Me? Dead to me. And I've seen it happen to my family, and I think maybe that's what. I think that's why I'm trying to embrace this notion of empathy, uh, particularly where it's difficult. And politically, I think that's why I try to be so empathetic to people that, like, I may not disagree, may disagree with or whatnot. I've just seen in my own family how quick people are to cut each other off and, like, not talk to each other for, like, decades to the end of their life. You know, it's like I've got my mom and my an aunt and like my grandmother and her sister and like everything like i'm just i so my life is just a story of like black people like not talking to each other because like someone cursed them out at a game of spades in 1977 it's just like i'm like what hey grandma how come you don't talk to Gra I'm grandma irie well we were playing spades in 1976 and she said i was cheating so i never spoke to that heifer ever again like grandma what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> oh god that's not an exact example, but it's just shit like that. So, I don't know. I've just seen people cut people off. Hey, look. My doors are always open. I'll be clear with you when I am, like, not having something. But sh there are very few things that a person cannot come back from. But I think now we've just confused uh, happiness with eliminating risk. Or, or eliminating uh, anything that we can't control any variables which ties perfectly into covid that's the world people are trying to create you know there's so much uncertainty about this thing <clears throat> largely in part to the previous administration and largely in part to this fucking medical establishment that honestly doesn't know what they're talking about entirely obviously there's a lot of good that they've done in the past two years but they're unwilling to say we don't know they're, they're, they have to they have to say, well, the science changes, I don't know, which is a lot different than saying, I don't know. And that's what we're seeing in our weird society now. We're seeing this OCD, you know, people who are used to comfort and not a lot of variables in their life having to face an uncertain world for the first time. So they're clamoring towards anything that resembles stability. So if the government says, hey, we cooked up this vaccine. We don't know if it works too good, but uh, yeah, give it a shot. Okay, yes, sir. Or, uh, hey, wear a mask and like do these things and that'll protect you from this virus. But uh, in actuality, it probably ain't going to do shit. But, you know, we got to tell you to do something. And they're like, okay, yes. And anyone who says not to is the enemy. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's, again, people, we're, we're all fucking threatened little animals who are in a corner. You know, we're like, we're like a little piece of shit dog covered in mud that you know someone's trying to like pick up to bring back to the vet to clean him up and give him shots but the dog's like <laughs> uh um that's what people are right now but like you gotta let your guard down to have any kind of happiness in this fucking world period you have to let your guard down to have happiness otherwise it is simply fabricated synthetic and not full you know, it 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 is a uh, it is a uh, facsimile of living. It is a facsimile of joy and happiness. 
when you eliminate the variables in life that we can never control. But we've somehow fooled ourselves into thinking, uh, whether it's COVID or anything else, that you can control calamity. And you can't, you know, you can't. I don't know. Don't know. I don't have a lot of friends anymore. <laughs> That's another thing, too. I realize I'm like, I have friends, but, you know, that list of regular confidants or, or, or just sort of like, you know, a quorum of people. Um, of course, I have friends. I have many friends. But you're realizing that people are starting to fortify their futures, whether that's marriage or having a kid or a long term relationship or committing themselves to something that ain't you, uh, i.e. the group, <coughs> the hang, you know, as buddies used to do. Um, it's changing. You know, I think people are, again, people are really clamoring for this consistency, this, uh, you know, the, the girl I was seeing on and off for like five years. Uh, you know, I don't blame her, but again, you know, it's like she wanted not something uh, fluid. She wanted hard definitions. You know, are we going to, are we this? Are we going to get married and have kids? Like, just like, again, my philosophy is that these things naturally come out of just being with the right person i just feel like if you're if you're if you're spending time with someone long enough these things kind of naturally manifest themselves you know my, my vision was always just like you know you, you know i'm seeing a girl long enough that like one day you know in our beach bungalow somewhere in hilton head south carolina you know we're having sex for the third time that day and then like you know we're just drunk and high and having a good time and then we realize we didn't put a condom on and then she's just like i think i'm pregnant after she like does a pregnancy test or something uh, and I'd be like, far out? Yeah, I mean, we've been fucking for five years. I, I would assume at some point that would have happened. We should get married, I guess. So romantic, right? <laughs> the Hilton Head part, we're in a nice resort. Ah, shit, you can't please anyone. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, man. You know, I was I, Also, weirdly, I was watching, uh, not Aaron Eckhart, who's another weird-looking white guy actor. Uh, he was in Training Day. Not Aaron Eckhart, but... Cypher D... What the fuck is his name? Uh, God, it's gonna kill me. Joaquin, no. Aaron Eckhart, he's got some heart. Not Denzel Washington, but... Who the fuck is the other guy in Training Day? Ooh, that's gonna kill me. Alright, anyway him uh he was giving an interview talking about how hard adulthood is you know how he thought that like you know you, you get better and you just get better and life gets easier because you're getting older and better and it's like there's a time where you really believe that and like it just struck me because like i i remember thinking that i remembered i would just get i'd get older so i'd get more money and i'd get you know my friends would, you know, we'd all be hanging out. It's just, I don't know, you just have this notion of it just being this very uh, uh, steady acclivity, you know, rising upward with no real pitfalls. I mean, sure, you know, someone dies, or you get sick for a little bit, but for the most part, it's like this general upward swing. That's just not, you know, and I've the past five years have been a fucking nightmare for me because I'm just in this adjustment period of like, the boy you were, you cannot, you will not be able to thrive as an adult living the way that I was, you know, just booze hound, depressed, alone, just like drinking in bars alone, like not having close connections because they're hard and like 
all, all the whatever however they manifest you know it, it means it, everything means something different for everyone but that stood out to me just how much life is not this um uh, steady improvement you know there's just so many potholes along the way so anyhow i don't know uh but, but all that said i you know i i guess i'm improving you know i think i'm making progress uh you know i finished one year at this corporate job which is really cool i didn't think i'd make it that far and it's like okay i did it i worked a corporate job for a year you know and now i can now i now that's a good thing to pivot off of you know it's not like i did it for six months or i did it for four and a half months it's like okay checkbox um and deciding if that is something i want to continue to do i really miss stand up and like how the world used to be but it ain't going back to that ever so we all got to try to make peace with that and it doesn't mean we won't be happy ever again it doesn't mean that at all it just means how we used to be happy is gonna look a lot different and we have to make that change or i or identify what that change looks like um all right i'm gonna take a look at my notebook just because are there any i don't even know what the hell the point of this shit is Uh, let's see what winning jokes the aging comedian has. Uh, the kingdom of fear, there are two types of people. Yeah, I mean, there's two types of people. There are people who want Grubhub, and there's people who want drive through you know? There are people who drive through Chick-fil-A, or dine-in at <laughs> Chick-fil-A, and there are people who are happy to make no contact with a human and, you know, interact through life via an app. Uh, and again, I think, you know, COVID in our times are more a, a condition, more more a mental condition, more of a pathology than anything else now. It's like, look, we're all getting COVID now, okay? So at some point, this... I, I think we're wrapping things up here. But the psychology that made this such a divisive issue beyond, you know, the, the, the medical and biological uh, implications of it <clears throat> are, are, are far... are deep-reaching. And I just think it's interesting how much people's behaviors uh, manifest themselves, their latent behaviors, you know, what was going on behind the scenes in America uh, that COVID sort of activated, you know, these, these, these two Americas of like, we'll listen to whatever you say as long as you tell us we're going to be safe versus fuck you, I'm going to do it on my own, like, which is, you know, one level of it and it continues to go deeper and I'm just so fascinated by what because um, it's not about the disease you know it's it's about people's behavior and what they do when they're threatened and that goes back to what i was talking about when i started this episode just uh, empathy and just you know acting from a place of fear you know that that cornered animal it's like that's what we're dealing with we're not dealing with a, a biological whatever this shit will, will it'll, it'll, it'll pass we'll get another one you know, this this will not this is not the end of humanity, but it is showing us what humanity is comprised of right now. Um, and it's not good. You know, it's a very scared, empty population. And just, you know, the amount of people who are just on a thread right now psychologically is just not talked about enough. Oh, so you want to kill people then? You're not going to get the vaccine? You want to kill people? That's no, that's not exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, you think that vaccine works? It don't. It's like, no, it's not that. I, I don't know. So many variables. Uh, what is it? This notebook's empty. You know. Oh, let me grab an an old one. I'll end on that. I'll 
end on some uh, some old shit. It's literally covered in dust. Uh, cupcakes and condos. Kingston documentary. What do we got here? Toxic masculinity. I get it from my mom. <laughs> that's good. She's a single black woman in Harlem. Trust me, that's where I got it from. Uh, my buddy's crazy and Korean dad. They had like my buddy Joe Pack. Ooh, eh, not his full name. That's not his name. Uh, yep, whatever. Uh, Joseph Yak, Katori. Yeah, his, Yakatori is his name. Uh, <laughs> him and his like Korean father and mother would have like full on like battles during play dates. Like we'd be playing Mario Brothers three. And this guy, like, came in with, like, boxers on and, like, a slipper and started, like, going upside his wife's head, like, in front of the TV. And I'm just, like, trying to beat the level. And then, like, he, like, beat her up. It was bad. Uh, and then afterwards, my buddy is, like, thanks for, like, not being, like, weird. You know, our other rich friends. Because, like, you know, he lived in, like, the border of Harlem and I lived in Harlem. So, like, you know, we were kind of, like, the poorer kids at our private school. He's like, yeah, like, Teddy would have been really so scared he would have like called the cops and called his mom and like you didn't say anything and i was like nigga i was just trying to beat the level and focus on the game so i didn't get hit shut the fuck up very good uh <laughs> this mansplaining just when you tell a rich white girl she's wrong that's a good old-fashioned one uh in 30s we have man motions yeah i've been emotional as fuck yeah like tearing up during spider-man and shit because he was able to prove his worth you know, he was able to redeem himself after, like, dropping his girlfriend in the other movie. Whatever. You people don't care about that. Uh, farming the hood. Smash the patriarchy. After it cosigns of my mortgage. <laughs> I miss comedy. I miss comedy. I'm so lonely. I look forward to getting pulled over. <laughs> hey, man. What took you so long, man? I've been out here all night. How you doing? How you doing? Uh... Being art majors and Tinder. Tinder changes where you are in the country. You know, Tinder New York is just like, look, if you do not believe in women being superior, if you ever doubted a woman, swipe left. And like when you go to Kentucky, it's just like, just be a good man. <laughs> this is it. I'm just reading from my notebook here. I just miss comedy. Uh, I, lo I love having sex with old white women. They make you snacks afterwards. <laughs> I had sex with this old lady in Connecticut, and like she like she's like, "You want a snack for the road?" I was like, "Oh, oh, oh why, why, yes, I would, Wendy." And she's just like, "Here's here's my son's lunchable," and I was like, "You give me your son's lunchable, gangsta." Uh, faster, safe places. Wrote a book. His man smashed a patriarchy. You gotta write some new jokes to Val. All right. Well. All right. Anyway, I guess my point is like I'm 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 getting somewhere. I, I don't know where it is, but uh, you know, I went to Florida after I was in LA, and it sucks. I'm so lonely. It's just like I I go to these wonderful places, but like I just miss having a a team, a quorum. Uh, you know, Florida's beautiful, and I, I don't I don't know I I, I don't know. I, uh, something was missing. I think there's something missing in my brain. I think I need to start antidepressants. I know I've talked about that at at, at nauseam on here, but uh, it's like I do things and I see things and I go to places, but it's just like something's missing. I don't know what it is. Perhaps it's love. Woman. Woman. All right.
Um, hey, any of you that listen to this, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I'm doing better, I guess. Um, the Lyme disease is better, I think. I don't know. Apparently, chronic Lyme disease doesn't exist. Man, this world is so fucked up, you know? So you go to one person, nah, man. Go to another person, mm-hmm, you, you damn sure got it. Uh, but I'm not as tired and shitty feeling as I was feeling, so maybe it's just, uh, onward and upward. Drink less, exercise more, and eat right. Huh? Maybe it's just as simple as that. Hey, guys. Happy New Year. I hope you're all well. Um, yeah. And if you do listen to this, please reach out and just, like, say what's up. It, it means a lot, and, like, it makes me want to do these more if these are of interest to you so even if it's just like hey good up not even like good episode but just like make more um that would encourage me because sometimes i feel like i'm just speaking into the darkness and i don't want to speak into the darkness anymore because i have the darkness all right ladies and gents i'll talk to you later have a good night i love you